a side note, I mean, whilst things are going fantastically, every time I turn around, I think I see that little Korok in his backpack and I'm going a little insane. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, fine. Hands up. Who pre-ordered Zelda? Me. Me. Hands up in an audio-only format. <laughs> I don't even have a Switch at the moment. Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> It's good. I, I, I know that, you know, in recent years, we've been very much in a no pre-orders under any circumstances, but I really wanted to, you know, come home on the Friday and it just be there, ready to play. And it's good. I, I wasn't expecting it to be this good. It's very good. Well, this is good to hear. <laughs> ah, so what are we talking about today, Moggy? Well, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking pre-orders. Hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy and I am joined by Jeff. Hey up. And Murdoch. Hello, everyone. And we're going to be taking the Indulgently Minimal look at pre-orders. Should you or should you not? We're going to be talking games. We're going to be talking tech. We're going to be talking... We're going to be talking, basically. That's kind of why we're here. <laughs> it's what we do. Not talking on a podcast. That would be... Uh... That would be a first. We're not here to talk, we're here to listen. Yes. <laughs> 30 minutes of abject silence while we listen to you. That, that's, that's, that's an idea. Just, someone called John Mayer. The, the I lowest I don't, I don't like effort podcast that has ever been. And just every now and then going, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's crazy. No. Then, yeah. Jeff, no, don't encourage this behavior. So, yeah, in recent years, there's definitely been a real push in the video game community, especially to be very absolute in no pre-orders. Like, and yeah. I think it's something that's become a lot more viable with the prominence of digital releases, especially on like PC where it's often cases only digital, even if you're buying a disc, there's nothing on the disc but a code. Mm -hmm. So if you pre-order, don't pre-order, the only thing you're really getting other than the, the temptation bonuses is the preloading. Otherwise, you can wait for the reviews to come out, see if the game is good, and then get it, depending on your internet speed, pretty much instantly. Pretty much. I mean, like the whole no pre-order thing has, has been built on just years and years and years of games being released that are just you know, in a terrible state because they've been rushed or they know they yeah. can patch it out. But there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a, a lot of loss of trust um, yeah, in, in developers so. and publishers, which has sort of spearheaded that no pre-order policy. I'm, I'm going to jump in here. This has been a, a thing with the video games industry specifically. I don't think the advent of the internet has been very good. In previous mixed. generations, many, many previous generations, you publish a game... The game that's on the disc is the game that's out there forever. Mm. Today, that's not the case. You release the game, and then there's a day zero update, and then there's a week one update, and they're still patching the game a few months after release. Depending on the game, years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at No Man's Sky. They're still patching that bad boy. Well, they patched it into a good game eventually. Mm. And I think there's, that's, that's why I would say mixed, like... I know games that really could have done with certain updates back in the day, certain games that really, especially like uh, fighting games like Smash Brothers, like people really mm -hmm. rate the GameCube Smash Brothers as one of the best, but you can't really go back and rebalance those games. You can't go back and add new characters that, as you said, what mm -hmm. you get on the disc is what you get. Is what you get, pretty much. That GameCube game is also interesting in the sense that the game didn't really develop 
so to speak, until like seven years after its release. That's when the community really sort of figured out all the ins and outs. Yeah. I always thought it was strange that that was the one that everybody went to. I don't know why I think that's strange. I just think it's strange. It, it is. It is. It, it just so happened to, you know, there, there was a skill gap that wasn't, I guess, intentional. But people, they invested time, effort to you discover all the tech you can do in the game. Otherwise, it was supposed to be like, you know, a, a fun, no frills party game. And then it yeah, became, yeah. you know, uh, a competitive a, game. A very difficult game to play at high level. Yeah. Mm. So I do disagree that the internet has been bad for gaming. I do like that the developers can come back and fix things, rebalance things, even add things. Like, I don't have to go and buy another disc. Back in the day, like Fallout, if you wanted the DLC, you go and buy a whole new disc and install it. Hmm. And it, it was also like, you know, back in the day, you know, um, now you get like a, a director's cut or an upgraded version and they just kind hmm. of patch it in. Whereas mm. in the old days, if you wanted the upgraded version of Metal Gear Solid, you had to go out and buy the subsistence version. It was the same game, yeah. but you mm. had to buy the whole game again. So yeah, I think that's been, that, that's been good. Oh, yeah. But they, I think what has been bad is this reliance on, oh, we can fix it later. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that you can fix and there's some things that you can't. Like, I do think Nint Nintendo are a very interesting one for this because we talk about Zelda today. I'm having a blast with Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. And because there was a day one patch for Tears of the Kingdom, so Nintendo aren't, you know, innocent in all this, but they did release an excellent game. And it was, of course, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto of Nintendo that said, you know, a bad game is bad forever. I'd rather mm. delay because mm. those extra, you know, months or whatever... Yes. Uh, can be what it takes to make a bad game into a good game. That way you don't end up with, I don't want to name names, but the certain, you know, highly anticipated games that just were terrible and there was no amount of patching that could fix it because it was just fundamentally a bad game. Mm. So it's an interesting one, but I think the pre-orders issue very much was about don't give them your money until you know it's a good game. Yeah. Like mm. it's been quite interesting in the pa in the past few years because before digital um, availability of games where the stock is infinite essentially, beforehand you would pre-order your game because it was sometimes it was the only guaranteed way that you were going to get your physical copy of the game for X amount of you know weeks months depending on where you lived. Mm. That was the uh, what's the word reason? I've lost the word. reason reason yeah. So what, what that was the, the <laughs> that was the reason. Whereas now there's so much, as you mentioned, Margie, there's the pre order, you know, there's the preloading stuff, but there's also all like the pre order bonuses, and you can get this little shiny this, shirt yeah. and the exclusive things, you know. And it's 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 kind of manipulative in a way because it's like, oh, if mm. I don't pre order, I miss out on it's on the this. FOMO. It's the FOMO. If I don't uh, pre order, I don't get you know this shiny costume. I don't get this gold decal for my thing. I don't get yeah, hundred extra don't, points. I don't get this thing on my account that lets everybody know I pre-ordered it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is manipulative. Well, because we're old enough to remember that pre-ordering used to be something between you and a person at a physical store. It wasn't always even a, like, here's my money, you'll give me a product at a later time. It was, hey, when this releases, can you put a copy behind the till? I'll come by after work and grab it. Yeah. Mm. Like, it used to be a different thing. It's an exchange of trust, isn't it, then? Like, 
the whole reason you would pre-order something is because you have a high expectation that, you know, this thing will be good. It will be up to the level that I'm expecting it to be. It's not built on anticipation, which is, you know, it's a completely different discussion. How much of a budget is put into marketing? But it was it was an exchange of trust. I trust that this game will be good. Therefore, I am guaranteeing one copy of this game for myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. And... And it's interesting that we talk about Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, obviously, it's what we're all playing right now, except for Murdoch. But, you know, like that <laughs> Tiny trust, violin for Murdoch. Tiny violin for Murdoch. That was the trust that Nintendo have built up. Because on the software front, Nintendo is still putting out very high-quality games. On the hardware front, I feel like Nintendo have really dropped the ball. I remember, you know, a Game Boy, and my, my N64 still works. Hmm. And that thing fell down the that, that thing fell off shelves. I'm pretty sure it fell down the stairs at one point. Yeah, my hmm. Switch. I literally had to buy a new pair of Joy Cons for Tears of the Kingdom because my old ones had yet again developed the drift problem. So you're hmm. saying so you were playing Tears of the Kingdom and Nintendo dropped the ball, which made you in game drop the ball because you have to carry the ball around. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm here all week. No, I no, 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 kindly <laughs> show yourself up. Not much of a stretch. Aha. <laughs> Uh, it, it It is funny you should mention that. Like, there, there's a reason why I'm not playing the game right now. Aside from the fact that I've, I've sort of tempered my anticipation and, you know, I figured I would play it at my own leisure. Mm, mm. But the reason why I don't have my Switch now is because it's in repairs. But the right rail, I believe. I had developed the Joy-Con drift issue previously. I managed to do a self-repair on that. There are definitely a few extra Joy-Cons lying around, you know, shared between the siblings. But I have... Like a rail issue. My Joy-Con would just randomly disconnect and like interrupt whatever I was doing. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I'm not too fond of sitting in front of the TV. I like my handheld mode. Mm. And I don't want to rag on Nintendo because Sony and Microsoft have problems. Like all of these new controllers, they're so, there's so much technology so, inside them. They're yeah. so, they're so small, especially the Joy-Cons. They're absolutely tiny that there's just a lot more to go wrong with them versus hmm. what you used to have an NES controller was like, you know, was it two buttons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense, you know, especially with the Joy-Cons, you know, you're shaking the hell out of them constantly, you know, yeah, for all sorts of reasons. <laughs> there is a funny joke about Nintendo consoles. They're not made for, you know, grown adults. That's why they don't look so shiny and fancy and like, you know, all metallic-like. They're made for yeah. children. <laughs> they should be able yeah. to withstand children's abuse. Yeah, well, children yes. drop things. I mm -hmm. did. <laughs> As we said, the, the N64 really did. I mean, that back when controllers had wires, you know, you, you when you play Mario Kart, you can't just steer with the joystick. You need to steer with the controller, whether this controller is gyroscopic or not. It, it, it does work. It, it helps. I, I, yeah. I've, I have scientifically tested this. It definitely mm. makes things better. And mm -hmm. I definitely have, you know, very vivid memories as like 10-year-old of steering with the controller and pulling the cable and then, the, you know, the whole console going with the controller oh. off the table. <laughs> and it was no, fine. No, it, no, still, no. Yeah, it still works. But I think to bring it around to what we like to talk about, it's where the pre-order thing starts to really get messy for me, where I don't have the greatest internet connectivity I can't just, you know, rely on a 10-minute download for a large game. It could take all night. Mm. And so there is, like, a real reason to get preloading. But preloading is a lifeline for a lot of people. But at the same time, it, it's created this, like, feedback loop of, 
I pre-ordered a game that I didn't necessarily need. I haven't finished a lot of my PS5 games. I only just finished Elden Ring, which I kind of pushed to get through so that I could hmm. play Zelda. But then I picked yeah. up Zelda and realized the controller's broken, so now I've spent another 94 euros on new Joy-Cons because I don't want to wait and... You know, oh, you don't want to fight. Fi- you don't want to. You don't want to fight against it as well because that no. just makes the game that makes it unplayable and an unpleasant experience. And there's no point in that. And then if you like, you go okay. I'll just fix the ones I've got now. You're ordering parts, or you're trying to find someone to fix it for you. You're waiting, and now you've pre-ordered the game. It's, it's this give and take that all begins mm. because you decided to jump in and get something, and it's. It's very messy in my mind as to <laughs> where this all fits with indulgently minimal because, I am. Like Zelda is my jam. I, those mm. are my favorite games. They've been my favorite games since I was eight. So I'm always wanting to play the next one, but it really has cost me a lot more than just the cost of the game. Mm. And and it's a shame because I haven't finished Horizon. I have I've barely started Death Stranding. You know, I've I've got yeah, all no, the games that, on the. That's been that has been noted. Thank you very much. We're all sat here <laughs> waiting for you to play Death Stranding because I oh. need to. We, we need to talk to you about it. Murdoch oh. and I have played it. We have opinions, <laughs> and we need you to play it. I, 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 I believe. I believe if you can catch this in time, basically it it might be available on the Epic Store for free. I was trying to do that earlier, and I can't remember my login, and now I need to go find all my passwords. And yeah. like, oh. <laughs> I already have Death Stranding. It came with my PlayStation. Mm. But I mean, I did the similar thing with pre-order, you know, because I, I pre-ordered Zelda through the Switch's the Switch Online ticket system. Hmm. Uh, you know, you ah, pay yes. like eighty-five. You pay eighty-five pounds and you get two tickets, and you can spend those tickets on select games in the store. Oh yeah, if you that, want that, two that, games, that's a it's good. good that value. is a good way to get it. Yeah, and I bought the ticket a while ago, and I've been playing Pokemon Diamond, Pokemon Diamond. For the nostalgia binge, you know, uh, going mm-hmm. back to, j- going back to our nostalgia episodes, let us look fondly back on our nostalgia episodes fondly with rose tinted glasses, because that's what <laughs> I've been doing with with Pokemon Diamond, <laughs> and now that's now I've just dropped it. I'm not even thinking about it anymore because I'm just playing Zelda. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not like it's gone forever. You can pick it back up again. Yeah, but yeah. Whether you but do it, is the other question. It feeds into that thing. I pre-ordered it because I wanted to play it day one because I, you know, I was really in, I enjoy Zelda a lot. Perhaps not as much mm-hmm. as you, Moggy, but I do enjoy mm. Zelda. <laughs> yeah. And it's I didn't need to do that. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I don't regret my decision, but I didn't need to pre-order. Mm. But I still mm. did. Mm. And that is definitely an indulgence. As a side note, as a side note, in order to play Zelda, like, you can't even warrant getting a completely new Switch. Like, my first generation, you know, bought a little bit after release one, works fine. Like, there is nothing to upgrade to, and there's no reason to buy a new one. <laughs> and it's frustrating. No. Well, I mean, I think we're not going to see a new Switch until the sales start to drop off. I don't think Nintendo see the point quite yet. So uh, not not at all, especially with this current release. This is at least another year of life. I think also, so. Also, just a, complete, a completely wild tangent. Wouldn't it be awesome if they did switches in different colors and you could call a group of them a swatch? Like a color swatch? They do switches in different colors, Jeff. But no, they but they don't call, don't call them a swatch. <laughs> they don't call them a swatch. And I think that is a big that, that is a big missed opportunity. Nintendo, uh, hit me up. I can okay, Nintendo, if you're listening, a group of switches is now called a swatch. <laughs> and the Switch 2, I will happily have a slightly bigger, slightly thicker switch if the controllers last more than a couple of years. Mm. I'm begging. I, I can't keep buying Joy-Cons. 
I will give an A plus for the effort, for the swatch idea, and a very <laughs> slow clap. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We'll put it up on the fridge when Nintendo can see it. <laughs> <laughs> So, how do you think this applies to non-video games? Because we've talked about Zelda and, I mean, you can replace Zelda with any game that's been released in the past ever, you know, for pre-ordering. But there's also like, you know, I'm looking at getting the new iPhone. <laughs> should I try and jump on that pre-order train or should I wait and see if there's another issue you know you've got your antenna gates you've got your the problems when the mini launched with the dead spots on the screen very rarely do iphones release without some kind of issue yeah mm. it's like you're, you're often a beta test when you're pre when you're you know doing new hardware you are often the beta tester for everybody else and mm. as as i know mark you are traditionally one who tends to jump on these things early I thank you for your service and the products <laughs> I get two or three years later that's actually good and working. So I, 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 I you know, we do thank you for your beta beta testing services. I, I will, uh, I accept, you know, medals and cash, medals and cash. I will give you a tinfoil medal. <laughs> <laughs> and a tinfoil hat to go with it. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> hey. But on the other hand, What's on my mind is what happened with the PS5 where I decided I didn't need it when it launched. So I didn't really try very hard to get a pre-order. And it was like 18 months to two years before availability finally got to the point that I could get one. This was yeah. an anomaly, I would say. It's a global event nobody saw coming. Well, and It's not just the PS4. It affected well, everything. It happened with the Nintendo Switch early on, if you remember, and the Wii. It happened with the Wii. On. That's what I was remembering. The mm. Wii was like gold dust for a couple years. This mm. was back in like it was like 2006 that the Wii launched, and mm. I remember like for years afterwards there was like people, you know, with rumors like, "Oh, I hear so and so supermarket is going to get a drop. Oh, the big box store is getting some. You know, going into video game stores. Can I pre-order one? Sorry, we can't do that. It's first come, first served. Like. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. They couldn't uh, keep up with demand at all. And there was no, you know, global chip shortage or, you know, virus trying to kill us all. It was just that popular. Fair point. There, there, there was also a very strange shortage with the, like, the Majora's Mask 3DS, if I remember correctly. Interesting. Like, that one was impossible to find on release. Was that a local issue or a global one? Because I don't uh, remember that. That was primarily in the North American market, but I think it also extended just a bit to Europe. Like, it was in high demand and, you know, there was very little availability. Well, Nintendo are very well known for artificial scarcity in their physical releases. Definitely. And, like, they do it with their Amiibos as well, don't they? I was just going to say, this is definitely one of the few cases that I'd say... If it's something that you really want in the physical realm, especially like Amiibos, collector's editions, limited editions, signed things, like pre-ordering is the only way to go. Mm. You get in on the ground floor, you get in quick, that way you know you're going to get it. Like very rarely do collector's editions sell out immediately, but if you don't pre-order they're gone pretty quickly because they yeah. don't make that many of them. And again, mm -hmm. that's that. there's also a mildly, you know, I would say it's a mildly, well, not mildly, it is a manipulative tactic by yeah, companies. Exactly. They make, a, they make a very, very limited run of things 
and it kind of yeah it triggers people certain people for that FOMO and it yeah it manipulates them into buying things that maybe they don't actually need or want dude um, i i was looking at the list of amiibo unlocks for tears of the kingdom and mm. it literally started digging at me like i should look and see if there's any availability on some of these amiibos they're I'm really pretty cool. sure, i don't need I don't them <laughs> i'm pretty sure you can get everything unlocked by amiibos in game anyway yeah uh, you can except for the sale fabric it would seem mm. everything else no i was really pleased to hear that that nintendo finally started listening and they're giving the amiibo unlocks to everybody now because yeah. it was a little unpleasant it, yeah, it was it was hooey. But it's, I mean, I think that's an interesting point that Murdoch brings up, It whether intentionally or not. Regional variants also matter. Sometimes, like, we don't all live in an, you know, in a tech hub city in a major country. Like, not everywhere gets the same amount and not everywhere is as easy to get. So that's the other thing that's on my mind. I've never tried to buy an iPhone in, in the country I live in right now, which doesn't have an official Apple presence. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know what availability will be like for that first period. Yeah, and how long it will be before you may be able to get it again. Exactly. Um, it's, it's, uh, just, you know, it's not like, say, for example, here where I could just wander into the Apple store because yeah. we have it here. It's yeah, it's it, there. I suppose depending on where you are, it's pre-ordering kind of means different things. It it, it um, can. It's just, necessity just a, for some people. Just a small odd note about that limited edition, you know, 3ds, like the the North American one. That one was impossibly difficult to find. If you find it on eBay, it's inflated pricing, all of this and that. A couple of months later couple of months later we had a regional variant release off the same console they just you know they changed the labeling on the packaging and it was widely available at retail pricing huh that's how it goes that's how it goes like with the ps5 when it finally became available for me i mm. jumped on it instantly and then i started checking again and suddenly it was available everywhere mm. it's like it feels like with some of these shortages and i think that's where that's what I was going to say. Is it like when you get a new car and then suddenly you're on the road and you see everybody driving your car? Well, if you live in if you live in Grand Theft Auto, yes, that's exactly what happens. It's not like the game is spawning that exact car in case you break it. But I think what it is, maybe that's one of the takeaways for today, is that there's a hump, so to speak. At the very beginning of almost anything, there is that period of if you don't pre-order, it can be very difficult to get. And then there's like an uphill climb towards availability where maybe there's like drops, maybe like you have to sign up to some esoteric Twitter account that tells you go to this place at this time and, you know, this store is going to get, you know, 100 units. But then like you go, this, you go over the peak, you go uh, over that little peak and then suddenly like there's just this massive drop and they're everywhere. <laughs> like like buying shoes off a collector's, you know, trading forum. That was a fun experience many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, trainers are another one, aren't they? Sneakers. Well, yeah. Well, Sneakers. Yeah, again, so. that's, another, that's another artificial scarcity limited mm. run or drops. I don't know what the cool kids call it these days. Mm -hmm. um, kicks, I think. Kicks. Yeah, kick drops. <laughs> drops of kicks. Kick, drops of drop, kicks. Kick the drop, drop jam. Kick. kick. <laughs> I'm starting to think of an MC5 song. This, I'm getting very confused. This <laughs> is, is it a dropkick? Like, you know, what, a fighting Oh, one. like a Murphy. Ah. <laughs> one of them uh, dropkick Murphys that I love so much. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, 
just um, to note, I think we're off the rails, guys. We're we're so <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> you mean I like think... the switch rails that Murdoch needs to replace? Uh, okay, he's bringing it back around. He's bringing it back around. Let's stay on. Tr- let's stay on track, guys. Track. Uh, just to bring things back, I think part of this process starts with assessing whether you actually really want something. Like sometimes, you know, yeah. you you get in on the hype, but you're not even sure if you want something. Mm-hmm. Would be Tears of the Kingdom, for example. It's like I, I know I will eventually get around to enjoying the game, playing the game. It's just mm-hmm. I'm I'm not. I wasn't too keen on getting it on day one, and that's okay with me. Mm. But the idea is that basically you need to assess first and foremost if it is something that you do actually want before deciding on pre-orders. The idea is that you want to streamline your access so that when it becomes available, you can get it, or when yeah. you are interested in getting it, it is... Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, one of the, as we've mentioned before, um, many times about things that make your life just that little bit easier. You mm-hmm. know, doing something, you know, whether it's a video game or something else, if pre-ordering lets it kind of just happen and it's easy and you don't yeah. have to think about it as much, that can make things a lot better depending on what it is for you and how important you're finding it is for you and why you think that it's so important that you need to go to this step to get it on day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the risk analysis as well, is the, does the company releasing this thing have the track record that I can trust that what I'm going to get at the end of it is good enough? Mm. Or can I take the risk on lesser availability, higher cost because of, you know, upselling? That's the other thing, of course, we didn't mention when things become more limited in availability, the cost often goes up. Yeah, Especially definitely. if you're, if you feel forced into the secondary market, which pricing can get really ridiculous there. Well, that's the, the, the black market where you have to knock on a door, ask for Mildred. You have to go down some stairs and through a tunnel and there's some sketchy dude selling you a PS5, but the 5 is just an S backwards and you're pretty sure it's written on with crayon. It's, oh. it was, it, it's very, very strange. It's a dark, dark time. All those dark times have passed, fortunately. Hmm. And, you know, so like Apple, for example, don't really have the reputation of releasing a flawless product every time there's generally problems so do you take that as a well maybe i take a step back wait a month or two and then hope that availability will be there in that kind of pre-christmas rush because i mean that's the other thing is also look at the look at what you're getting like if it's a video game and you're definitely going to get it digital there is no availability issues there you know yeah if you get the game if you get the game digitally, you're getting it. It's fine. With something physical, there is that risk of it running out. But then when you look at like Apple, they are very clever in the way that they they announce in mid-September, release at the end of September, yeah. gives you that October for everybody to get their hands on it that wants to jump in early. So that come November time, the all of the articles are out, all of the social media is buzzing so that when people are looking at what they're going to get for Christmas, boom, there's the the new product. It's a very well-oiled marketing machine. Exactly. Mm. I mean, something we haven't, something we didn't really really talked about when we were, when we were scripting this, because yes, we do actually script these, believe it or not. (laughs) We're professionals. (laughs) There's a structure here somewhere. Um, no, it's, it's down here somewhere. I, I'm sure I wrote that down somewhere. <laughs> I'm a professional <laughs> businessman that does uh, business. <laughs> but it reminded me, we talked about like pre-ordering. There are certain types of products. I'm thinking, for example, like books and music, where pre-ordering mm. is like a massive, massive part 
of a an author or an art, or an artist's thing. You know, like when you're listening to, uh, say, for example, Mike Duncan when he does his, you know, he does his books on revolutions and yeah, um, yeah. you know, history of Rome. It's very, very important. The pre-order numbers make a massive, massive difference. And authors say this, musicians say this, even like the streaming services, you know that they look at their 30-day watch uh -huh. numbers. They look at their 30-day watch numbers to see yeah, what, to how see what successful the... a show is. Even though this is going to be out there ostensibly forever, forever. they only care yeah. about the first yeah. 30 days. Hmm. And I've done that before with certain bands or certain, you know, certain smaller bands where I'm a big fan of their work and I'll pre-order the album from, from the record label because not because to show I, your support to show my support for it and sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't you know sometimes a, an album is released and it's kind of okay but it's about in certain in certain spheres it's about making sure that they're getting the support that they need that's not always that's not always relevant for certain products but i think it definitely is for more creative endeavors hmm. oh, yeah, for sure because at the same time you can say oh i got an album i didn't like so much you can flip that around and say I've really enjoyed this artist's work. I really want to support them. I don't mind throwing them 10, 15 pounds for yeah. their next album. As thank you for everything else they've done, whether the, the album you get is good or not, I'm supporting them in their career. Mm. It also m makes it more likely that in the future they'll be able to release a new album that you might like. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, you, you say you listen to an album, you don't, you, you pay 15 quid or euros for an album you're gonna to listen to that album dozens 20 hundreds of times yeah i mean so heck we're gonna these days you're probably gonna buy the album you know either digitally or as a cd and then go and listen to it on spotify or whatever and give them the listens there as well yeah mm. pretty much you know bang it on youtube get some listens there like there's a lot of ways you can support and it's really important i think you i think you raise a really good point there about supporting not just artists but companies and products, anything you can throw your money at. I think it's really important that when you throw the money around like that, you are showing support. So if you are buying something from a big company on pre-order that has a bad track record, you're telling them, don't worry about it. Release garbage. I'm going to keep buying it. It's, it's, it's a hard message. That's where it, a lot of the no pre-order um, exactly. sentiment comes from. Exactly, yeah. It's a hard message. It's basically vote with your wallet. Like if, if you are buying bad products, you're just encouraging them, you know, encouraging the makers to make bad products. Hmm. And, and flip it around, yeah. You know, with small artists, with, you know, indie bands, indie developers, buying early and pre-ordering for them, it's guaranteed income. It shows their publishers that they've got a fan base. And, you know, these smaller bands, I mean, I'm thinking music right now because obviously another issue with pre-ordering is like concert tickets. It's getting crazy out there trying to get tickets to big bands. It's stupidly expensive. The mm. secondary market is causing huge problems. But I remember, you know, when I was still living in England, going and seeing, you know, really, really good up-and-coming bands that we knew were great but hadn't really broken through into the mainstream. And you're paying fractions of what you're paying yeah. for big concerts and you're still getting a great experience and you're supporting good music on the ground floor, getting their career up and running so that maybe, yeah, they're doing stadiums in a few years and you can't afford their shows anymore. But great, you supported them in their career because they were making art that you appreciate and you've allowed yeah. them to continue to make it. So mm. 
there is an awful lot. And it is, I think having, it's the indulgently minimal refrain. I don't know what word I want. It's, you can't, it's not black and white. Yeah, it's it, there's nuance to it, and it's mm. something that you when so, when these things happen, when something pops up that you're thinking, oh, I kind of want to get this on this on the ground floor. Just a quick pointer to Kickstarter, which is the ultimate pre-order if you think about it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, or oh, alpha um, build games alpha, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's when you it gives you an opportunity to sit down and think. Well, why do I want to pre-order this thing? What is it about mm. it mm-hmm. is making me want to pre-order? And how much of this is my desire? to see or do or have the thing or how much of it is am I being manipulated by marketing yeah it's just it's a good opportunity to sit and have a little think which is basically what we're suggesting people do stop Hmm. think decide and then move forward it's kind of like the the core of what we're doing here yeah pretty much pretty much I think the thinking part is important. The thinking part is very important. No think, just do is always bad. Thank you, Baldrick. Thank you, Baldrick. Deep cut. Deep, deep <laughs> British cut right there. No, 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 no think, just do is bad. Too much think and not able to do is also bad. I think it's good to spend, you know, enough time thinking about something. And I think it's important to make a, a yes or no decision sometimes and then sort of I, accept the consequences of that decision is as you know, I kind of want to have that printed on cards. Sounds. Yeah, I want to um, have that printed on cards and give out to people. Nothing but do is bad. <laughs> or we can, you know, print it on t-shirts and ask people to support our endeavors. Oh, <laughs> um, those thought. are the minimal at gmail.com If you'd like to support, sponsor, you know, Nintendo, send me a switch. Why not? Get send me a bunch of them. Send me a swatch of switches. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It's catching on. It's catching on. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's coming to terms with the decision that you made I think is good it's basically like I, I have decided to pre-order the thing great you seem very convinced that's excellent let's hope that goes well I've decided yeah. not to pre-order the thing that's great we'll sit back and wait and see what everybody else has to say about you know uh, what it is and that you, you can go about your you know your, 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 your daily life <laughs> it's like it hmm. frees up mental space try and step back from the FOMO and try to think it through. So for Tears of the Kingdom, we did pre-order it, but we pre-ordered it like a day or two before release. We actually managed to pre-order it after the first reviews came out. Hmm. And and I think that's the final thing you can really... Yes, you may want to pre-order, but you don't always have to pre-order super early unless there's going to be availability issues. If it's just Mm -hmm. a video game... You can still get that preload if you order it the day before release. And any game developer that is confident in their product won't put review embargoes out. It's very rare that anybody other than Nintendo, because Nintendo always do review embargoes regardless. If there's a review embargo that won't lift until after the game is released, I mean, that's always a, that's always a bit of a warning right there. But yeah, if, if they're if a publisher is confident, there, there, yeah. will, there will be reviews before release. Exactly. And it's it's never a bad thing to just, you know, take a step back and you don't even have to sit there and read through 100 reviews. Just go on Reddit, just go on Rotten Tomatoes, go on where at some sort of aggregate and look at what is everybody saying in general. Mm-hmm. Like with Tears of the Kingdom, it was generally, okay, this isn't as magical as Breath of the Wild because we can't 
memory wipe ourselves and experience the glory that was Breath of the Wild again from the beginning, but this is the next best thing. And you kind of go, oh, wow, I should get this game. That's Mm. pretty much all I needed to hear. Mm. If, you know, people are saying, oh, well, you know, if you're a fan of the franchise, there's a lot here for you, but if you're not, I'm not really sure you can... That's starting to give you warning signs, and it generally tends to taper off after that, if you know what I mean. Mm. Mm. Okay, so do you have any final thoughts, guys, on pre-ordering games, tech, artwork, sneakers? I don't know. <laughs> Give... <laughs> I mean, for, for me, it's definitely like if it's something that you're super excited about and you know you're super excited about it and if you've got the money for it, why not go ahead? Get on the hype train, enjoy Get the Get on the hype, hype train. train. And if it's something like music or books or whatever, you know, maybe smaller artists, definitely, definitely pre-order, I think. Mm-hmm. But but always have a think about it. See, uh, as you say, voting with your wallet, making mm-hmm. sure that you're supporting the artists that need to be supported and holding off on giving big companies the, the blank check to yeah. do whatever they like, want. Mm-hmm. And if you can go through a record label, go to the record label, don't go to <laughs> Amazon. Mm. Oh, yeah. Very, very much, very much in the same vein. Very much in the same vein. I think if it's something that you know you want, and I think it's also... If you have a reasonable expectation for what you're going to get and you're okay with that, I think pre-orders are worth considering. Mm. Mm. Okay, nice. Short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this one, guys. We are really excited about what's coming up. We've got WWDC on the horizon, so we are going to be doing an episode about that. Again, and I'm excited what? to find out what that even is, so like, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> Good old WWDC. And then we're starting to roll toward gently towards summer. So we're going to be doing some episodes relevant to holidays, to relaxing, getting back to some really core ideas of just indulging minimally, i.e. relaxing. <laughs> What's yeah. more relaxing than doing nothing? It's <laughs> we've got our shorts, we've got our sandals, we've got our socks with sandals. Oh, yes, we're very English with our socks and stuff. Oh, yes. Sun cream on the nose. (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed listening. We've been Indulgently Minimal. (laughs) You can follow us on Twitter at Indulgently Mini. We also post a lot on Instagram, so we're Indulgently Minimal there. Check us out. Any thoughts, questions, anything you'd like us to discuss in the future, email us at indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. I've been Moggy, and I have been joined by Jeff. Take it easy on yourself, guys. And Murdoch. And remember, folks, indulge just a little. Hope you've enjoyed it. See you for the next one. Bye. See you later. Take care, everyone.